0: This is Make it kind. Kind. M.I.P. with Massimella Matfumo. Mark Thompson. Make it Get woke.
1: Another day of quite compelling testimony from the January 6th committee. Sergeant Mark Robinson testified before the committee that law enforcement was aware of armed individuals everywhere. On January sixth.
2: Yes, I believe we was on a special uh, events channel, and I was monitoring the traffic, and so I can hear some of the units pointing out to individuals that there were individuals uh, along Constitution Avenue that were armed, that were up in the trees, and I can hear the uh, units responding to those individuals. And so, there's always a concern when there's a police in the area.
3: And like other witnesses, Sergeant Robinson told us that the president still wanted to travel to the Capitol, even after returning to the White House.
0: So, at the end of the speech, what was the plan supposed to be?
2: So, at the end of the speech, uh, we do know that while inside the limo, the president was still um, adamant about going to the Capitol. That's being relayed to me by the TS agent and so we did part the ellipse and we responded back to the White House however we the the motorcade the protest motorcade was placed on standby and so we were told to stand by uh, on the west exact until they confirmed whether or not the president was going to go to the Capitol and so I b- may have waited I would just estimate maybe 45 to forty-five minutes to an hour, um, waiting for Secret Service to make that decision.
1: Sergeant Mark Robinson of the Metropolitan Police Department talking about what actually happened with the motorcade, with law enforcement, and with armed individuals throughout the area January 6th. Congresswoman Elaine Luria of Virginia.
3: The committee is also aware that certain Secret Service witnesses have now retained new private counsel. We anticipate further testimony under oath and other new information in the coming weeks.
1: Why are Secret Service agents retaining private counsel if everything's good, if if nothing's going on? When, When has that ever happened in the history of this country? Now, what was Trump doing? What was he spending his time doing January 6th?
3: We know from the employee, that the TV was tuned to Fox News all afternoon. Here you can see Fox News on the TV showing coverage of the joint session that was airing that day at 1.25. Other witnesses confirmed that President Trump was in the dining room with the TV on for more than two and a half hours. There was no official record of what President Trump did while in the dining room. On the screen is the presidential call log from January 6th. As you can see, there's no official record of President Trump receiving or placing a call between 11.06 and 6.54 p.m. As to what the president was doing that afternoon, the presidential daily diary is also silent. It contains no information from the period between 1.21 p.m and 4.03 p.m. There are also no photos of President Trump during this critical period between 1.21 in the Oval Office and when he went outside to the Rose Garden after 4 o'clock.
1: Nothing. Nothing happening at all. Not lifting a finger, not doing anything to discourage what is taking place on Capitol Hill.
0: So are you aware of any Phone call by the President of the United States to the Secretary of Defense that day? Not
1: that I'm aware of, no. Pat Cipollone. Are
0: you aware of any phone call by the President of the United States to the Attorney General of the United States that day? No. Are you aware of any phone call by the President of the United States to the Secretary of Homeland Security that day?
4: I, I'm not aware of that. No. Did you ever hear the Vice President, or excuse me, the President, no. ask for the National no. Guard? Did you ever hear the President ask for law enforcement
5: response?
1: No. Now, that was General Kellogg, former national security advisor to the vice president.
4: So as somebody who works in the national security space and with the National Security Council, if, if there were going to be troops present or called up for a rally in Washington, D.C., for example, is that something that you would have been aware of? Yeah, I would have. Do you know if you asked anybody to reach out to any of those that we just listed off, National Guard, DOD, FBI, Homeland Security, Secret Service, Mayor Bowser, the Capitol Police about the the situation in the Capitol.
1: Nicholas Luna, former assistant to the president.
5: I am not aware of any of those requests. No, sir.
3: We have confirmed in numerous interviews with senior law enforcement and military leaders, Vice President Pence's staff and DC government officials, None of them, not one, heard from President Trump that day.
1: No one heard from President Trump while all of this was taking place. Also heard from press officer Kaylee McEnany.
3: So if President Trump wasn't calling law enforcement or military leaders, what did President Trump spend his time doing that afternoon while he first settled into the dining room? He was calling senators to encourage them to delay or object to the certification. Here's Kayleigh McEnany, his press secretary, to explain.
4: Yeah. All right, then it says back there, and he wants list of senators, and then he's calling them one by one. Do you know which ones he called?
3: To the best of my recollection, no. Um, as I say in my notes, he wanted a list of the senators, and you know, I left him um, at, at that point. Because the presidential call log is empty, we do not yet know precisely which senators President Trump was calling.
1: Meanwhile, in the midst of all this, and Trump's watching this on TV, he actually is tweeting out again the speech that he gave at the Ellipse where he incited the mob.
3: At 1.49, here's what was happening at the Capitol with President Trump's fired-up supporters.
5: We're going to give riot warning. We're going to try to get compliance, but this is now effectively
0: a riot.
6: 1349 hours declaring
3: it a riot. What did President Trump do at 1 as the DC police at the same time were declaring a riot at the Capitol? As you can see on the screen, he tweeted out a link to the recording of his Ellipse speech. This was the same speech in which he knowingly sent an armed mob to the Capitol, but President Trump made no comment about the lawlessness and the violence.
1: None at all, he's just encouraging this behavior, fomenting it, pushing it out even further. The counsel, Cipollone, Cipollone, talked about how he and others try to get him to make a statement. An
4: immediate and forceful response statement, public statement that people need to leave the Capitol
5: now. My question's exactly that. It sounds like you, from the very onset of violence at the Capitol, right around two o'clock, were pushing for a strong statement that people should leave the Capitol, is that right? I
4: was in other sort of stuff. Pat,
0: you, you said that you expressed your opinion forcefully. Could you tell us exactly how you did that?
4: Yeah, I can't, I I'm, I'm, don't have, you know, I, I have to, uh, on the privilege issue, I can't talk about conversations with the president, but I can generically say that I said, you know, people need to be told, there needs to be a public announcement fast that they need to leave the Capitol.
0: And, Pat, could you let us know approximately when you said that?
4: Approximately when? Almost immediately after I found out people were getting into the Capitol or approaching the Capitol in a way that was was uh, violent.
5: Do you remember any, any discussion with Mark Meadows with respect to his, his view that the president didn't want to do anything? Was somehow resistant to... Wanted to say something along
4: the lines that you suggest. Tell me it's, uh, not just just to be yeah. clear. Many people suggested it. Um, yeah. N- not just me. Many people felt the same way. Um, I'm sure I had conversations with Mark about this during the course of the, the day and expressed my my opinion very forcefully that. This needs to be
5: done. Okay. So your advice was to tell people to leave the Capitol, and it took over two hours when there were subsequent statements made, tweets put forth, that in your view were insufficient. Did you continue, Mr. throughout the period of time up until four seventeen, continue, you and others, to push for a stronger state? Yes. Were you joined in that effort by Ivanka Trump? Yes. Eric Hershey? Yes. By Mark Meadow?
4: Yes.
1: He was joined by all these people calling for a more forceful statement from Trump to end the insurrection. The committee also shared more of Cassidy Hutchinson's previously recorded testimony about a conversation between Pat Cipollone, whom we just heard from, and Mark Meadows. Chief Wasn't of staff. until
2: Mark hung up the phone, handed it back to me. I went back to my desk. A couple minutes later, him and Pat came back. Possibly Eric Kirschman too. I'm pretty sure Eric Kirschman was there, but I'm I'm confident it was Pat that was there. Um, I remember Pat saying something to the effect of. Mark, we need to do something more. They're literally calling for the vice president to be effing hung. And Mark had responded something to the effect of, you heard him, Pat. He thinks Mike deserves it. He doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. To which Pat said something, this is effing crazy. We need to be doing something more. Briefly stepped into Mark's office.
1: This is crazy, (laughs) all of this. Is, is effing crazy. The President of the United States saying that he believes that Mike Pence is getting what he deserves. Not on the phone with any officials. Um, it, it, not on the, trying to stop this. But he was on the phone with you know who, Rudy Giuliani. Although
3: well, President Trump was aware of the ongoing riot He did not take any immediate action to address the lawlessness. Instead, at 2.03, he called Rudy Giuliani again, and that call lasted for over eight minutes. Moments later, at 2.13, rioters broke into the Capitol itself. One of the Proud Boys charged with seditious conspiracy, Dominic Pozzola, used an officer's shield to smash a window, and rioters flooded into the building.
1: Black people would have been shot. Here's also some of the radio traffic from the Secret Service that day.
5: They the building. Hold. that door up. If We're moving, we need to move now. Copy. If we lose uh, any more time, we may have we may lose the ability to to leave. So if we're gonna leave, we need to do it now.
1: Now these these were Secret Service agents also in and around the vice president. So when you hear they them saying if we don't lose, move now, if we don't leave now, we may lose the ability to leave. These are those who are surrounding and protecting the vice president himself.
0: They gained access to the second floor and I've got public about five feet from me down here below.
5: Okay, copy. They are on the second floor, moving in now. We may want to consider getting out and leaving now. Copy.
4: Will we encounter the people once we make our way? Repeat counter any individuals if we made our way to the to the There's
0: six officers between us and the people that are
5: five to ten feet away from me. Stand by them going down to evaluate. Go ahead. We have a clear spot if we move quickly. We got smoke downstairs set by unknown smoke set downstairs by the protesters. Is
4: is that route compromised?
5: We have this insecure. However, we will bypass some protesters that are being contained. There is smoke. Unknown what kind of smoke it is. Copy. Yeah.
1: The, this is what the the Secret Service was dealing with on January sixth, trying to protect themselves and protect the Vice President Cheney. I'm sorry, Freudian slip. <laughs> is Liz Cheney, Vice President Pence. It is interesting though, isn't it, watching Liz Cheney prosecute, she has all of her father's mannerisms, watching her prosecute Donald Trump. Some of the most compelling testimony came from an official with their voice concealed and You know, there are moments in these hearings, I'm sure you all have witnessed this, everyone listening has witnessed this, where there's some things that just stand out. And and those really, those things, those events in the hearings and the testimony become the topic of conversation. Those are the ones you get phone calls about. And what we're about to hear is when my phone and my text messages blew up last night from, from this particular piece of evidence
3: Secret Service agents did not quote sound good right now in the following clip of that testimony which has been modified to protect the individual's identity, the professional discusses what they heard from listening to the incoming radio traffic that day Okay that last entry in the service, the capital does not sound good right now
7: Correct What does that mean? Members of the BPT tell at this time were starting to fear for their own lives. Um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of yelling, um, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of very personal calls um, over the radio. So uh, it was disturbing. I don't like talking about it, but that um, there were calls to um, say goodbye to family members, so on and so forth. It was getting. For, for whatever the reason was on the ground, the VPP tail thought that this was about to get very ugly. And do you, uh,
0: did you hear that over the radio? Right. Okay. What was the response by the agents, who Secret Service agents who were there? Everybody
7: kept saying, you know, at that point it was just reassurances or, or um, I, I think there were discussions of reinforcements coming. But uh, uh, again, it, it was just chaos. It was, it was just yelling and
0: obviously to me this so disturbing but what what prompted you to put it
7: into an entry as it states their service for the county we're running out of options and they're getting nervous it, it, it sounds like we're that we came very close to either service having to use legal options or or worse like i, I don't, at that point i don't know is the vp compromised is the detail kind like i i don't know like we didn't have visibility but it doesn't if they're screaming and and saying things like say goodbye to the family, the floor needs to know this is going to a whole nother level soon.
1: horrifying. The Secret Service is calling family members to say goodbye. And you know, they had to be hella awkward because the Secret Service is supposed to be prepared to give its life for the president or the vice president. But now you're talking about Secret Service agents agents possibly giving their lives um, because of the president. The president is encouraging people to attack the vice president. He even tweeted during the whole attack against Mike Pence calling him uh, uh, a traitor and 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 all of that he even tweeted about it for
5: Donald Trump my Pence has screwed us, in case you haven't heard yet I keep hearing that my Pence has screwed us that's the word, I keep hearing reports that Mike Pence has screwed us
4: Do people appear angry? as you were walking to the Capitol?
1: Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people seem like they're very upset. Tell us some of the things they were saying, if you recall. Oh, there was. they were saying all, ty- you know, people were screaming all types of stuff. Um, they were mad that uh, uh, Vice President Pence w- was going to accept the electorals. I mean, it was, I mean, there's a lot. If you could think it up, that's you are hearing it. I, Th- this is Stephen Ayers, folks, who we heard testify just last week, who was one of the protesters.
4: Believed that uh, Vice President Pence was going to certify the electoral votes and or not certify them, but I guess that's just changed, correct? And uh, it's a very big disappointment. I think there's several hundred thousand people here that are very disappointed.
3: President Trump did not try to calm his thousands of disappointed supporters. Instead, at almost the same moment violence was getting completely out of hand, Donald Trump sent his 224 tweet. The president said, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. Despite knowing the Capitol had been breached and the mob was in the building, President Trump called Mike Pence a coward and placed all the blame on him for not stopping the certification. He put a target on his own vice president's back.
1: Certainly did. And and hence the Secret Service having the reaction they had. The word now is that Mike Pence himself may run for president against Donald Trump. And that... (laughs) Who would be... I mean, come on. Pat Cipollone on Trump's tweet attacking Pence. I don't remember when exactly I heard about that tweet, but my
4: reaction to it is that's a, a terrible tweet. And I disagreed with the sentiment, and I thought it was wrong. What was your reaction when you saw that tweet? Extremely unhelpful. Why?
1: Judd, dear Deputy uh, Press Secretary.
4: It, it, it wasn't the message that we needed at at that time. It, it wasn't going to
6: um, the the scenes at the US Capitol were only getting worse at that point. This was not going to help that. It's gonna make it worse. worse. Certainly.
0: Ms. H- it,
1: it, Trump's tweet, people reacting to the tweet that Trump sent now one of the other things that that I'll share another viral moment in the hearing this eighth hearing and here you remember Josh Hawley pumped his fist in front of the insurrectionists and then the video was released of him running to safety within the Capitol.
3: Senator Josh Hawley also had to flee. Earlier that afternoon, before the joint session started, he walked across the east front of the Capitol. As you can see in this photo, he raised his fist in solidarity with the protesters already amassing at the security gates. We spoke with a Capitol police officer who was out there at the time. She told us that Senator, Je- Senator Hollie's gesture riled up the crowd, and it bothered her greatly because he was doing it in a safe space, protected by the officers and the barriers. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself.
1: And the committee has shown the video of Josh Hawley running through the Capitol running for safety within the Capitol himself. As she said, as Elaine Luria, Congresswoman Luria just said, after already himself rallying up the people. Now here the immediate reaction the audience in the hearing room had when they saw the video of Hawley running. <laughs> absolute ridicule, and that's not going to subside. It's been turned into a meme, put to music a thousand times on social media. You can see it for yourselves. Josh Hawley running. We'll be talking about that uh, for weeks to come. Um, Jared Kushner, some of his testimony also was shared at the hearing.
0: Do do you believe, Jared, that the president has an obligation to Uh, ensure a peaceful transfer of power?
2: Um, Yes.
0: And do you think the president has an obligation to defend uh, all three branches of our government? Uh, I
1: believe so. Now that is the son-in-law of Donald Trump, Ivanka's husband, Countless texts were also revealed, Donald Jr., Sean Hannity, Lara Ingram, all of them urging Trump to, or urging Meadows to get Trump to condemn what was going on.
6: To appreciate how obvious it was that President Trump was not meeting this moment, it's helpful to look at the real-time reactions of his own son, Don Jr., to the first tweet captured in a series of text messages with Mark Meadows. I'll warn the audience that these messages contain some strong language. As you can see, Don Don Jr. first texted Mr. Meadows at 2.53. He wrote, he's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough," Mr. Meadows replied. "I am pushing it hard. I agree." Don Jr. responded, "This is one you go to the mattresses on. They will try to fuck his entire legacy if this on this if it gets worse." Here's what Don Jr. told us he meant by "go to the mattresses." It's 2:58 when you say that he need, that Mr. Meadows needs to go to the mattresses
5: on this issue when you say go to the mattresses, what does that mean? Just a reference for going all in I think it's a Godfather
6: reference
1: yeah, uh, this again make believe we're the mafia but you get the point that's what he was saying John- needed to be John done
6: he agreed and he also turned to Mark Meadows for help after the president's second tweet. as you can see, Mr. Hannity texted at 3.31 to say Trump needed to deliver a statement to the nation telling the rioters to leave the Capitol. Mr. Meadows responded that he was, quote, on it. Don Jr. and Sean Hannity were not the only ones who implored Mr. Meadows to get the president to speak to the nation and tell the mob to leave, to go home, go home. Throughout the attack, Mr. Meadows received texts from Republican members of Congress from current and former Trump administration officials, from media personalities, and from friends. Like President Trump's staff, they knew President Trump had to speak publicly to get the mob to stop. Let's look at just a few of these text messages. Fox News personality Laura Ingram said, the President needs to tell the people in the Capitol to go home. Former Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney urged, Mark, he needs to stop this now. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade said, please get him on TV, destroying everything that you guys have accomplished. When we interviewed White House Counsel Pat Cipollone, he told us that he knew the President's two tweets were not enough. Let's listen to what he said. I think the question is, did you believe that the tweets were...
5: Not anything about your advice to the president. No, I believe more needed to be done.
4: Okay, I believe that a public statement needed to
1: be made. That is the White House counsel saying that more needed to be done. Meadows isn't doing anything. He's a chief of staff. But that's the White House counsel even saying that more needed to be done.
0: Who on the staff did not want people to leave the Capitol? On the staff? In the White House,
4: about I, I I can't think of anybody, you know, on that day who didn't want people to get out of the the Capitol once the you know particularly once the violence started. No, I mean,
5: what about the president?
0: Yeah,
4: <laughs> she said the staff. So I answered.
0: No, I said in the White House.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I thought you said who else on the staff. Um, I don't. I, I can't reveal communications, but obviously, I think you know.
1: yeah dead there, there that's what this, that's what you call that he had a hard time when asked about Trump and whether or not Trump wanted people to leave but because we knew that we already know that Trump didn't want anyone to leave. Then there was the the issue with Kevin McCarthy. Apparently he called Trump as well. Molly Michael was a former executive assistant to the Mr. president.
0: Um, McCarthy uh, placed a phone call to uh, Mr. Scovino's desk line, and it was transferred to the president, is that correct? that's generally what i recall okay were you involved in making that transferring that call
1: correction it's molly michael former assistant to the president
0: i i yes okay where was the president at the time that he took that call he was in the dining room
5: would
8: you personally reach out to the president for more support
5: i've already talked to the president um i called them um I think we need to make a statement, um, make sure that we can calm individuals down. Did Mr. McCarthy indicate that he had been in touch with President Trump?
4: He indicated that uh, he had had some conversation. I don't recall whether it was with the president or with somebody at the White House, but...
1: This is Mark Short, formerly of the vice president's staff.
4: I think he he expressed uh, frustration that um, not taking the circumstance as seriously as they should at that moment.
0: You know, I asked Kevin McCarthy, who's the Republican leader, about this. Um, And he said, he called Donald, he finally got through to Donald Trump and he said, you have got to get on TV, you've got to get on Twitter, you've got to call these people off. You know what the president said to him? This is as it's happening. He said, well, Kevin, these aren't my people. You know, these these are Antifa. And Kevin responded and said, no, they're your people. They literally just came through my office windows
1: and my staff are running for cover. I mean, they're running for their lives. You need to call them off. This is Congresswoman Jamie Herrera, a Republican Congresswoman.
0: And the president's response to Kevin, to me, was chilling. He said, well, Kevin, I guess they're just more upset about the election uh, you know, theft than you are. And that's, you know, you've seen widespread reports of, of Kevin McCarthy and the president having a, basically a swearing conversation. That's when the swearing commenced because the president was basically saying, nah, I, I'm okay with this. Leader McCarthy.
1: At, that was Kevin McCarthy. Um, Jared, There was also testimony shared, believe it or not, where Jared Kushner was speaking about House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy.
5: I um, uh, heard my phone ringing, turned the shower off, saw it was Leader uh, McCarthy, who I had a good relationship with. Uh, He told me he was getting really ugly over at the Capitol and said, please, you know, anything you could do to help, I would appreciate it. Uh, I don't recall specific asks, just anything you could do. Again, I got the sense that, you know, they were, they were, you know, they were scared. They meaning Mr. Leader McCarthy and people on the Hill because of the violence? he, He was scared, yes.
6: Think about that. Leader McCarthy, who was one of the president's strongest supporters, was scared and begging for help. President Trump turned him down.
1: Congressman uh, Adam Kinzinger, who's also led much of the hearing, the latest hearing, this eighth hearing in the January 6th committee has has held. Also, other members of Congress are in the Capitol, including All the leadership, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, they were in a safe location, never before seen evidence of what their conversations were in that safe location.
3: For instance, here are never before seen photos and video of congressional leaders in action during the attack. The video is a portion of a call they had at approximately 4.45 with Acting Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller
4: we're not going to let these people keep us from finishing our business so we yes there's mitch get the building cleared give us the okay so we can go back in session and finish up the people's business as soon as possible amen
1: amen sir. mr secretary and senator schumer
8: some sir. people here in the capitol police believe it would take us several days to secure the building do you agree with that analysis uh, I do not agree with that so what is the earliest that we could safely resume
1: uh, our proceedings in the Senate and House chambers? The earliest we could safely resume? I, uh, here's my assessment, uh, but I'm, I prefer to be on the ground, which I personally would prefer to be right now, but I need to be here. I would say that's the case. Uh, we're looking at four to five hours. That is, you heard Senator Schumer, you heard Senator McConnell speaking with acting Secretary of Defense Miller and just how at, at in jeopardy they were in how much in jeopardy democracy was in in America, Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Milley, on what Chief of Staff Meadows told, Trump's Chief of Staff Meadows told him.
4: Now, there was a couple of the calls where, uh, you know, Meadows and or Pompeo, but more Meadows, uh, you know, how's the president doing? Like Pompeo might say, how's the president doing? And, And Meadows would say, well, he's in a really dark place. But here's one, for example, on the 7th of January. So this is the day after, right? POTUS is very emotional and in a bad place. Meadows.
1: That's what Meadows is saying to the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Now, video also was released of Trump. Trying to film we get the outtakes folks the outtakes you know the stuff they show at the end of the movies Uh, the bloopers Trump first January 6th when he filmed the video we love you, but it's time to go home all of that So but here is what he was trying This is this is him trying to film it and even this was difficult This was the January 6th the day of wait till you hear the day after but first the day of
8: you tell me when? When you're ready, sir. Who's, who's behind me?
5: He's gone. He's gone okay, around. Clear. We're all clear now.
8: I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had a election. Let me say. I know your pain. I know you're hurt But go home and go home in peace.
1: When I now he, as clearly was unable to call for peace without also still pushing this line of this was stolen, and so so it it's it's double speak. What did our indigenous ancestors say? White man speak with forked tongue. That was an example of forked tongue. Same thing, same problem, January 7th.
8: I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday, and to those who broke the law, you will pay. You do not represent our movement. You do not represent our country. And if you broke the law, you can't say that. I'm not going to. I already said you will pay. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defied the seat of dust. (laughs) It's defiled, right? See, I can't see it very well. Okay, I'll I'll do this. I'm going to do this. Let's go. But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over. Okay.
3: But Congress has certified. Now Congress. Is
8: yeah. Right.
3: Now Congress. I
8: didn't say over. So let, let me see.
1: That's Ivanka, y'all. It's so Ivanka's we'll go to voice. The
8: right before. Okay. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday. Yesterday is a hard word for me.
4: Just take it out. The heinous, the heinous,
8: heinous attack. Ah, uh, good. Take the word yesterday, because it doesn't work with the heinous attack on our country. Say on our country. Want to say that? No. no, no it. It. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote.
1: And he bangs on the platform, struggling. The hearing ended, this eighth hearing ended with an announcement that there will be more in September. The closer we get to the midterms, there's going to be more. It's up to us to think about what impact this will have on the midterms, what impact this will have on the election. What is, another question of course, that looms, what is Merrick Garland going to do? What What is he going to do in terms of prosecution. Shouldn't he consider prosecution? That's what more and more people are calling for, even people who at first would not call on any prosecution when it comes to these matters. But this evidence has been, and obviously from the outtakes, we can tell there are even more people than we know in Trump's own administration, cooperating with the January 6th committee.